Hello, and welcome to Filled with His Love. Today, we want to talk a little bit about conference. We just couldn't resist because it was such a meaningful meeting for both of us. The glow of conference hasn't left us yet. We're still excited and keep thinking of things and mention to one another all day long about things we have thought about. That first talk was... Wow. It, it just got both of us. That was a wake-up call. Uh, Elder Stevenson talking about Easter and that imploring all of us to follow, uh, do the Come Follow Me walk with Jesus and talking about how the whole New Testament, there's just two two chapters on the birth of Jesus, but the whole rest of the New Testament <laughs> is about Christ. And we think, oh dear, now let's compare what we do at Christmas time with what we do at Easter. And it really shook me up a bit. And it did make us both think about how we kind of over-celebrate Christmas compared with Easter and what we wanted to do this Easter to make sure we honor the Savior. It was really fun as we woke up Monday morning. We always read our Book of Mormon together. And coincidentally, we are in Third Nephi, and we had just finished uh, chapter 10. And we looked at what we were supposed to be doing and reading about the, the Savior's Easter week from Palm Sunday to Easter, and I thought, oh, goodness, we're reading the Easter story of the Book of Mormon, coincidentally, just the very same week. And it was a wonderful, just a little love pat and say, you're, you're doing good. And so we've been enjoying reading Third Nephi every day along with the Savior's walk in Jerusalem. One thing that really has impressed me all week long is I'm thinking about the disciples meeting the Savior on the road to Emmaus. And the scripture that says, Did not our hearts burn within us while we talked by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures? And that's that's what it's been for us as we think about conference. When we were in and listening to conference, uh, it was that every talk, every musical number, our hearts were burning. And it was a wonderful, wonderful feeling all Sunday. And now it continues through the week. And it was a real privilege to be able to attend each of the sessions in the conference center. It really was. Something about being all together, even though they limited the number of seats this time to 15,000 instead of 22, it was such a great thing to be there in, in person. So President Oaks, in his talk, and you remember this was a talk mostly quoting Scripture, and he said, we believe in Christ as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We worship Him and follow His teachings in the Scriptures. And then he said, most of the scriptures reporting Jesus' mortal ministries are descriptions of what he did. My message today, this is President Oaks speaking, consists of a selection of the words of our Savior, what he said. These are words recorded in the New Testament, including the inspired editions of Joseph Smith and in the Book of Mormon. Most of these selections are the sequence in which our Savior spoke them. I thought that was what was interesting, that he had attempted to put it in sequence. And as he uh, read these scriptures, it was a marvelous experience to listen to those wonderful words. So I found it really compelling for me to look for repeated messages in conference. You know, what when scriptures are cited by multiple prophets in multiple times, then we should really perk up and pay attention and understand what the prophets are telling us. And many of these speakers 
in conference quoted this scripture about love your enemies when the Savior was teaching that it's not any longer okay to give an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but now we don't just love our neighbors, we love our enemies and love those who despitefully use us and persecute us. This was quoted multiple times. You noticed that, right? Uh, yes, and, and coincidentally, again, we read this very scripture yeah. in the Book of Mormon this morning. So we just read that scripture this morning, and we had heard it multiple times in the conference. So Elder Bednar one time said, um, repetition, this is a quote from Elder Bednar, repetition is a vehicle through which the Holy Ghost can enlighten our minds, influence our hearts, and enlarge our understanding. This great scripture that the Apostle Peter uh, quotes says in Second Peter one twelve to thirteen. Therefore, I intend to remind you always of these attributes, even though you know them and are established in the truth you have now. I think it right, while I am in this mortal body, to awaken the memory in you. We need to be awakened, don't we? Yeah, and we had all heard that scripture about love your enemies so many times, right? Right. But when it came across in conference this time the meaning was so much more powerful for us, right? Absolutely. And with a prophet looking, sounding, everything, he was a prophet up there. And you, our hearts burned within us when he spoke these words. And his talk about uh, being a peacemaker probably is one of the strongest talks we've ever heard him give. Right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so in his talk, he said, quote, Anger never persuades. Hostility builds no one. Contention never leads to inspired solutions. Regrettably, we sometimes see contentious behavior even within our own ranks. We hear of those who belittle their spouse, spouses and children, of those who use angry outbursts to control others, and of those who punish family members with the silent treatment. Quote. We hear of youth and children who bully, and of employees who defame their colleagues. This was such strong counsel from a prophet. And when he said, in our own ranks, he's talking about we as members of the church, right? Yeah, he made the cute little saying, uh, you're probably thinking of someone who needs this talk. Well, look back at yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he went on to say, my dear brothers and sisters, how we treat each other really matters. How we speak to and about others at home, at church, at work, and online really matters. Today I'm asking us to interact with others in a higher, holier way. Please listen carefully. If there is anything virtuous, lovely, or of good report or praiseworthy that we can say about another person, whether to his face or behind her back, that should be our standard of communication. Do you remember when the pictures of President Oaks and President Irene came on the screen together? And they were on the screen for quite a while. Yeah. And... Our experience of listening to these two uh, prophets for so many years, they are very different people. They are different personalities. They have different backgrounds. Very different backgrounds. And so his analogy, President Nelson's analogy of how these two interact in their, I guess, their first presidency meetings yeah. <laughs> is, is one of uh, example for us all. It's an example not, not only for the First Presidency, but it's an example for ward councils. It's an example for families. It's like when people say, I have a different point of view here. I have a different thought. I want to express this. I have a different impression. That's what I anticipate uh, 
President Eyring and President Oaks doing in those conferences. They have differences of opinion, but they express them in ways that are not attacking or trying to one-up the other one or make sure that they have their own way. They That's, only speak in love. They only know how yeah. to, those are the only way, words they know how to speak and something we could work to emulate in our own communications. So impressive. Now, Elder Christofferson, in his talk, One in Christ, he said this is, this is a quote from him, Unity with our brothers and sisters in the body of Christ grows as we heed the second commandment, inextricably connected to the first, to love others as ourselves. And I suppose an even more perfect unity, and I want, this is such a powerful part here, even a more perfect unity would obtain among us if we followed the Savior's higher and holier expression of this second commandment, to love one another, not only as we love ourselves, but as he loved us. In sum, it is every man seeking the interest of his neighbor and doing all things with an eye single to the glory of God. I found it interesting that we don't quote that uh, second, higher, holier way of keeping the second commandment. I, I haven't really heard that quoted very often. <clears throat> we always say, love thy neighbor as thyself, and that's powerful. But when he says we should do this higher, holier way of loving our neighbor as God loves our neighbor. This is certainly how the First Presidency communicate one with another. And that's how the, that is, exactly. Something it's, we should all try for. Yeah. Certainly in our marriage. Certainly. <laughs> certainly in our marriage. And sometimes we slip. Everybody slips. Uh, unity does not require sameness, he went on to say, but it does require harmony. We have harmony, honey. We, we can have our hearts knit together in love, be one in faith and doctrine, and still cheer for different teams, disagree on various political issues, debate about goals and the right way to achieve them, and many other such things. But we can never disagree or contend with anger or contempt for one another. Amen to that. Now, if we look at the world, obviously, and this was mentioned multiple times, of course, in conference, this contention, this disagreement with anger and contempt, it happens every day. We see it uh, played out on the news. I, th I think the news actually contributes. Uh, yeah, they, they select a lot of these uh, vitriolic statements, these attacks, and these malign when somebody maligns somebody else and and mocks somebody else. They get a rise. They get a rise. It it you know raises the uh, ratings on the TV, but really it's just absolutely not consonant with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if we're going to find peace in this world, it's not the way to go. It just is not the way to go. Now, President Eyring, in his talk, Finding Personal Peace, I like this quote, the rising generation will become the nurturers of the generation to follow. The multiplier effect will pr produce a miracle. It will spread and grow over time, and the Lord's kingdom on earth will be prepared and ready to greet him with shouts of Hosanna. There will be peace on earth. I like this kind of expression of immense confidence yeah. in the rising generation that they are going to kind of change this pattern that we have in our culture. They're going to multiply. They're going to produce a miracle. They're going to produce a miracle, which it would be a miracle to it get would. rid of miserable contention and, and uh, yeah, nasty attacks that occur so much. So we began the very first session of conference with Elder Stevenson helping us 
look at our own way that we celebrate Easter. And we ended the conference with Elder Bednar with his talk called Abide in Me and in You, Therefore Walk with Me. A little bit longer title than most talks that he's given, and I like this, you know, Abide in Me and I in You, Therefore Walk with Me. The quote, just, just read that quote that he had there. The word abide denotes remaining fixed or stable and enduring without yielding. Elder Jeffrey R. Holland explained that abiding as an action means, quote, to stay, but to stay forever. That is the call of the gospel message to everyone in the world. Come, but come to remain. Come with conviction and endurance. Come permanently for your sake and the sake of all the generations who must follow you. Thus we abide in Christ as we are firm and steadfast in our devotion to the Redeemer and His holy purposes in times both good and bad. The Savior's promise, he said, he continued, the Savior's promise to His followers is twofold. If we abide in Him, He will abide in us. But is it possible, is it indeed possible for Christ to abide in you and me individually and personally? The answer to this question is a resounding yes. That's got to give us confidence. We can do it. (laughs) We can do it. And then he goes on to talk about how we can do that with the sacrament, with feasting on the Word, etc. But this whole idea of having Christ in us and us in Him, having Him abide with us and us abide with Him, and that way he defined this abide is it means permanent, right? It's it's not come for a minute and, and then leave. It's in fact, when we were talking yesterday with my brother, and he and he said that he had heard Elder Bedner on a different occasion uh, answer a question when someone says, how do we really know if the Spirit is with us? And Elder Bedner said, well, what we should be looking at is how do we feel when the Spirit is not with us? Because the Spirit should always be with us. That's <laughs> right? Right. That's what we covenant, actually, every Sunday when we take the sacrament. And he said, we know what it feels like when the Spirit is not with us. Yes, we do. When we're angry or contentious. (laughs) Yeah, just like President Nelson taught, when we're angry, contentious, mocking, maligning, uh, just getting uh, out of control, we know the Spirit is not with us. And he said, so when we get rid of those times, which is what President Nelson was counseling us to do, then the Spirit will always be with us, right? We just would like to end with the special experience that we had. It was actually Saturday afternoon session. The BYU choirs were uh, singing in that session of conference. It was just a mere 55 years ago that (laughs) Russ and I were students at BYU and sang in the BYU choirs um, at conference. And it was after that um, session that Russ invited me to go on a date with him for the very first time. First date, yeah. (laughs) So 55 years ago, April Conference means a great deal to us. And uh, it was a special experience, of course, as young BYU students to sing in the tabernacle. And uh, it was a wonderful experience. And one of the signature songs that we sang in that choir, all the years we were with it, uh, with it singing, was Abide With Me. And it was a beautiful, beautiful arrangement. And... Uh, our hearts burn within us every time we hear it sung, uh, even to this day. 
and have that memory of those special times, but feeling the Savior's love in our hearts as our hearts burn within us was truly a special experience for us. You know that some people, at least that's my experience, I feel the Spirit and bear my testimony when I sing the hymns of the church. And certainly this particular hymn is one of those where I can bear my testimony. Yes, so this was a very unique. We didn't expect them to sing Abide With Me at the end of this meeting, but that was the song that they chose, just as we would have sung all those 55 years ago. So we thought we'd just play the end of that song for you. <laughs> 